0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Just One More Opinion, my name is Charlie and Zack Snyder's Justice League has just been released on HBO Max, so it's time to talk about it. Okay guys, before I get started, this is the first time I am recording something on YouTube. And I'm doing, actually I'm doing both two different recordings. I'm recording on my phone so I can upload to YouTube this episode and I'm recording on my little uh, voice recorder. So I have the podcast version. So whether you're looking at me on YouTube or listening to me on Spotify or any other streaming platforms that you use for podcasts, hello, and this is gonna be a very different episode. I'm not going off a script. I usually write scripts because English is not my first language, and it's just easier for me to consolidate all the thoughts I have on on the movies that I'm talking about, or the series, or games, whatever. And yeah, this is the first for me. This is the one, the first time I'm recording myself, audio and image, talking about a movie. Hopefully, it will be good enough. Um, but yeah, just keep that in mind. And yeah, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever, just know that there's a a YouTube version of this where you can see my face if you're interested. If not, that's fine. And today I have an opinion on Zack Snyder's Justice League, released on HBO Max uh, on the 18th of March. Today is the 19th. And... It's four hours long, divided into six parts, plus a prologue, plus an epilogue. And this is truly Zack Snyder's vision. For Justice League, I was not a fan of the 2017 theatrical version at all. I remember I went to <laughs> I went to the movie theater with my with two two of my buddies and they were much bigger fans of DC. Than I am. I am usually more of a Marvel boy. I do I do love Batman and Joker. They're two of my favorite comic book characters. But um, yeah, I was not really excited for Justice League. Particularly, they're the Avengers of the DC. Uh, Warner Brothers and w- was trying to rush it, rush this team up movie. This was it's crazy. This was. The fifth movie, yeah. The first one being Man of Steel, then we have Batman Vs. Superman. It, that was an alright movie, I didn't really love it, but I didn't really hate it. I think the extended cut of Batman Vs. Superman is much better than the original. There's a lot more expl- explanations for things that happen in that movie. Then we had Suicide Squad. <laughs> it was what it was. And Wonder Woman, great movie one of the best DCU movies and then we had this we had, no, we had the theatrical version of uh, Justice League and just the first scene <laughs> with, um, with Henry Cavill um, and his digitally removed mustache I was at the theater and I was watching this on IMAX I was living in London at the time So I paid, I think, 17 and a half pounds. And and it's a lot to pay for a movie ticket, especially here in Portugal. I don't know if any of you, if you're not from Portugal, if you know this, but I can go to the cinema for a normal ticket, not IMAX, for uh, six euros. So that's like five pounds and $5, I don't know. And even for IMAX, that's 10 euros. So 17 and a half to, to watch a movie, was a lot for me, it was really a lot, uh, really expensive. And then I get to the movie theater and the first scene I, I see in Justice League is Henry Cavill talking with his upper lip, just like wiggling around. It was so weird. And and yeah, the movie itself, it was lots of silly humor um, Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm talking, I'm trying to give, give like a backstory to my experience with Justice League, my thoughts on the, the theatrical 2017 version, so I can comment on this one, on Zack Snyder's version, the definite version of Justice League, with a bit more of um. just like that thought process of comparing both versions because I cannot really talk about one without the other, even though I only watched Justice League, I think, twice, um, yeah, I think I th- I only saw it one more time after I saw it in in the movie theater, because I didn't really like it that much. Um, so yeah, I'm just talking about the twenty seventeen version, so I can then talk about this movie and compare it some sections, some uh, like just comments on the on the tone, on the character developments, and so on. So yeah, I <coughs> I think the the one of the worst things about Justice the League theatrical version is the tonal inconsistency with the Snyder directed scenes and then the Joss Whedon Whedon added scenes um, humor, which is just it was such a silly, cringy, cheesy humor it didn't didn't really make sense, and there was a lot of undermining certain heroes of the of the team especially flash and, and cyborg like there were scenes in justice league 2017 where the flash would be totally undermined as a hero like he was afraid of bugs he he was saving two people while superman was saving hundreds or something like that and then with cyborg we didn't, we didn't just cut his entire backstory from, from his movie. And, of course, in the Zack Snyder version, we, we see a lot of that. And it is one of the best aspects of the film. Um, to see the character development, the character arc, their backstory, their origin story, what, what they are, how they are as a person. And with Joss Whedon's Frankenstein monster of the movie, We get none of that. Cyborg is just there. He doesn't have an arc personality, really. Flash is played for jokes. Um, Even the relationship between Superman and Batman is so weird. Like like Superman says, I think, uh, at the end of the movie, Oh, I thought you didn't like me. And Batman is like, I don't not like you or something like that, it's just really weird and, and I, every time I remember it, like I I, I watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League one and a half times, I, won, I watched it fully uh, alone and then I'm, I'm starting to re-watch it as, uh, with my family as they couldn't watch uh, uh, through the whole thing, uh, like the four hours, it's just too long. I think I watched part one and two yesterday with my mom, dad, and brother. Then I watched part three and four with my brother. And then and tonight I'm going to watch uh, the rest of it, or at least more of it. And every time I think about what Zack Snyder did in this movie compared to what Whedon did, or removed, or added, or brutally beaten out of of what Snyder had built, had filmed already, because if you're not aware, I think he only filmed 15 more minutes for this uh, version, so he he did like 15 more minutes of reshoots every three and a half hours of this movie were already filmed back in 2017, 2016, whenever they filmed, and it's just crazy that... Whedon and Warner Brothers looked at what the Snyder film wrote, directed and they were like, "Mm, you know what, why don't we make Flash fall on top of Wonder Woman? Why don't we make Superman say, you know, I'm a great believer in truth and I also love justice. Like, why make those silly changes? I cannot fathom why, why that happened. And as I watched this and as I finished the movie, I was like, Whedon has just been just spiraled down as a director. He, he, he directed the Avengers movie that was huge. The first big, uh, team up movie with characters coming from different franchises, or movies. Then he did age of Ultron it wasn't as good it was it's clearly the worst out of the four avengers movies and i, I don't mind that it, it is what it is and then how can he i i feel like he either was kind of um envious of um of what marvel not envious um he was feeling bad for 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 Marvel leaving him. And then he got this chance with DC, and he was trying to either put more Avengers-style humor and tone and, and and just color into this into Justice League, and it just didn't work because these the DCU is a very much darker universe compared to the MCU, and that's fine, and that is fine. It, that's just the tone, The tone, there's a clear different tone for DC movies, especially with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, uh, compared to like Iron Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, you know, the Avengers movies. So I don't know, I, I still don't understand, even when they announced that J- Joss Whedon was going to um, uh, substitute... Zack Snyder or just film more stuff, be a co-director or whatever, for Justice League, I was a bit confused. I, I didn't know why they did that. It seemed like a clear mistake. And then I watched the movie, and yeah, it was <laughs> it was a, a massive mistake. A massive mistake. Everything that Joss Whedon added, all, all of his weird humor, silly jokes, just ugh. all of it was bad. And all of the shots, all of the scenes that I quite enjoyed, in in the theatrical theatrical version, were actually Zack Snyder scenes, and I'm not I'm not surprised. And yeah, before I wrap up, because I'm am just talking too much. When I don't have a script, I just talk and talk and talk. Um. All of the, all of the the scenes that Snyder filmed, and then made into the movie, um, and then. They were allowed to be in Whedon's 2017 movie, in the Snyder Cut they're just more developed, like there's nothing, there's no skipping um, pivotal moments, pivotal se- li- little scenes that kind of explain like why that this character uh, is here now, like what happened in between, like in the Snyder Cut it's all there. And of course I have to mention that Snyder Cut is four hours long and the twenty seventeen movie, I think it was like two hours long, so half and even if Snyder got to f- uh, put his version his his vision for the snyder the um, the justice League movie back in twenty seventeen in the theater without any Sweden or studio interference, of course it wouldn't be four hours long it would probably be around three hours long and and, and it, it would have probably been still a great movie. Um, I think the issue... I'll talk about the issue, uh, other issues in a bit, but the, um, one of the things that kind of bugged me about the Snyder Cut was there was too many slow-motion sequences, and I'm not even counting uh, the scenes with the Flash. Like, Flash just going really fast slash slow. Uh, yeah. Um oh my God, that was... Really weird to say. Um, like there was just a a lot of slow motion uh, sequences, a lot, and it kind of annoyed me because I, I'm trying to figure out if somebody in the internet does this and they make all the non flash slow motion sequences into what they actually are in real time. How long would uh, the Snyder Cut be? Probably just around three hours and something, because there was just a lot of a lot of them. Some of them work pretty nicely i think they give that epic epicness that epic feel feeling that you have when you watch one one of those sequences if it's it's really like if there's an emotional stake if you're invested in that scene what they're doing in the moment the the heroes and, and the action um but sometimes it was just why why make it why make aquaman just drink bottle of whiskey and just Walk towards the the coastline. Why make that a slow motion sequence? Just so you can put a song there, really? Like again, the the soundtrack is also um, another major change. It is much more Snyder esque, but there's too many too many um, music in, in in the movie. I think still. There's even a bit. Okay, now I'm going to issues, and I want to get this uh this review better. But I'm sorry, is this is the first time I'm doing this without a a text to follow. But yeah, I think I think there there was this one moment with um there was some singing, and it just it was too long. It was really too long, and I was a bit confused. Like why make this singing? Almost a minute long, I think at least it, it felt like that. Why not just cut it like half, cut it in half and just put that? It really didn't make a lot of sense uh, to me at least. But yeah, I think just to wrap up <laughs> the setup, the setup for the episode, for the actual review. Even though I'm already starting reviewing some stuff. Everything about this movie, about the Snyder Zack Snyder's Justice League is infinitely better than Joss Whedon's version. Uh, this is actually feels like a movie. While the theatrical version feels like a corporate fast-food project. Uh, product, I mean. And I'll say this. Even though I kind of hated... Not, okay, not hated. Really disliked the 2017 Justice League. And when I heard, and I'll admit, that when I heard that the Snyder Cut was actually happening, finally, I was not that excited about it. I was surprised, I was a bit, like, shocked, even, that something that the fans demanded and then the actors and then Snyder himself, something like that, was greenlit by the studios and made into an actual movie on HBO Max. And I was surprised, I was... A bit excited, but I wasn't like, "Oh my god, this is finally gonna happen!" The, his true vision come to life. It's gonna be so much better. Like I was not one of those people. As I said, I'm not. I'm really more of a Marvel fan. Um, I like DC, but I don't follow like the comics or the like the animated movies as much. So I don't know a lot about the um, the lore of DC apart from Batman. I've played all the Arkham. Batman Arkham games, so I I do know a lot about the Batman, Batman's rogues gallery, and Batman himself. But like with Superman and Cyborg and Flash, I don't know a lot about that. But also, besides the T- the CW TV shows with Flash, Arrow, all that stuff. So yeah, I wasn't really excited for the Justice League movie. Done <laughs> justice. Um, I was curious. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna definitely gonna see it when it's released, but I I didn't get my hopes up, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be better, of course it's gonna be, how can it be worse than what Whedon did? It's really impossible, but, so yeah, I was like that, I was like in the middle, I was not a super fan of, of the Snyder Cut, or like one of the people that really um, fought for it, but I wasn't one of those blind haters that just thought it was it, w- it was going to suck either way and then after watching this movie it was like yeah it was still bad like no i had i had an open mindedness about it about it. I, I i was lucky luckily i i only saw the 27 version twice so i couldn't remember a lot of like little moments i knew what happened but i didn't know like certain scenes um so i forgot about how the mo- the story progressed um and so when i watched this movie i was like like all of this seems new like there's a, some scenes that did happen in just in the 2017 version but they weren't shot like that like the dialogue is different the tone is clearly different like this feels like a completely new movie and i thought that like, I think I didn't realize how much Whedon added to to Justice League, how much he filmed after Snyder left the project um, for personal and terrible reasons. And I'm just now I'm grateful that this exists, not only because of the the, um, the novelty of having um, another version of a movie released. Not even four years after the after the original one, and I'm thankful because <laughs> this movie is so epic in scope. It's so good. It's it's really good. I'm, I think it's one of my three four favorite DCU movies, um, and maybe I'm maybe that's because I'm comparing it to the to the theatrical version. I don't know. Don't know those those things like because I know that exists. Uh, even though I didn't watch it that many times, maybe I'm just like comparing it like that. That was uh, that was kind of uh, bad, <laughs> and this one is so much better. So it should be great. But no, I think as a mo- as a team-up movie, as an epic story, it was done properly. It was written, directed properly. There is tonal consistency for for one. The characters are developed, the, their stories, their origin stories, what led them to that moment in time, what is driving them, um, what are they, go, their goals, their conflicts, their stakes. All of it feels real, all of it fe- feels um, thought out, fleshed out, um, developed. And in, in 2017 we didn't have a, any, any of that, like nothing. I'm specifically mentioning, like, referencing um, Cyborg's story. Like, I couldn't really say what Cyborg did in Justice League, apart from removing, at the end, the three mother boxes. And he, in, Snyder, in the Snyder Cut, that happens, too, of course, but there's just so much more. There's so much more, and... Yeah, I think I'm gonna stop talking about... about um, like, stop setting up this episode because I've been talking for 20 minutes now. I'll probably, like, cut in chapters the, the, the video. Uh, and then, and so I want to talk about... I'm going to start with um, just quickly summarizing each uh, part. Each, each, yeah, each part of uh, the Snyder Cut. I want to warn you that... I'm going to be spoiling a bit of the movie. I don't want to well, you know this it's been 4 years, you know the m- major bits of Justice League. So like I'm not really spoiling that much. Like whatever you whatever you know from the 2017 version, I'm not going to if 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 it happens similarly or in some way in the Snyder cut. I don't consider that a spoiler, because it's been out there for ages. But I will mention other stuff that I think you know from the trailers as well, if you've seen them. If you haven't seen them, well, spoiler warning, I'm going to be... Yeah, I'm going to be mentioning some spoilers. Just minor stuff, I think. I don't know. I don't think there's really major spoilers in this... Um, like, a- around this movie, besides maybe the epilogue. Because that, there was a, cliff, a cliffhanger nature to it. Like setting up m- multiple future projects that I don't know if they're going to happen. Because Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder apparently is done with DC, I think. He wanted to do the Snyder Cut and then be done with it for now. that's I think that's his plan. And um, yeah, I just... Well, spoiler warnings, guys. (laughs) Sorry for taking so much time to just say that. This is the first time I'm doing this. Remember. Okay, so... We have the prologue before we actually start with the movie. And the prologue is just a recap of what happened at the end of Batman v Superman. So, Superman dies. And Batman is left feeling like a failure because he failed his friend. He was... Spending so much time fighting Superman instead of helping, uniting with Superman. And so he feels like he needs to go on this his journey to redeem his, himself and also prepare the world for an upcoming threat, which he believes to um, be coming. The same with Diana. Diana also has an idea that something big is coming, a, a big threat. And, but the thing, the major thing about this prologue is that the death of Superman, and this might be a bit of a spoiler, I don't know, it is the cause, it is the the origin point for what comes next. So in the Snyder, in the, um, in the, in the, in 2017, in the Justice League, we, the Justice League uh, movie. There was no correlation, really, with Superman's death and Steppenwolf and why was that, that was happening now at that moment. In the Snyder Cut, there is clear reason, and it is, it's all related to uh, Superman dying. And it made lots of sense. I, I think I, I, if I could um, make a comparison, like draw a bridge, I would say that Superman dying was the same in the m c u as the ancient one odin uh ego all perishing because all that made uh made it more um easy like it made it easier for Thanos to go around and do his his infinity heist and in a way this is kind of that Steppenwolf sees an opportunity to Put his plan into motion. So then we get to part one, and that's all. It's usually, It's basically the same kind of um, comparing to the compared to the to what we see in the theatrical version. So Steppenwolf appears on Earth. He takes the, um, the mother box that the Atl- that the Amazons are are guarding. The fight the action scene. Much better in this version. In the Snyder Cut, it's so good, and we also meet Aquaman. So we have Bruce Wayne talking to Aquaman, trying to recruit him. The scene all plays out mostly the same in the same way. There's just no no corny lines in this version, and we also have, And it finishes. And one of the, the the other action scenes is Wonder Woman saving the day by stopping that. Um, that high, that bank heist, that was turning into a, um, a, a terrorist attack, and that scene, again, much better. The action was just so good. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I was reacting as, like as I should in an act with an action scene. I was like, "Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Awesome! Cool!" Um, and then just a, in the theatrical version, I just was like, "Yeah, that's cool." And and yeah, that's part one. So, Steppenwolf setup up. Wonder Woman saves the day. We meet um, Aquaman, and uh, yeah, Steppenwolf uh, uh, takes the f- the first uh, Mother Box. And then we get go. To, oh, by the way, part one is called "Don't Count on It, Batman." All the parts are something that one of the characters says. In this case, it's Aquaman when he is saying no to Batman, and then we go to part two. Called the Age of Heroes, heroes and some some stuff happened Some stuff like important stuff happened happens in this movie in this uh, part. But the big thing is how it ends with a flashback to okay now this is a spoiler to the dark side invasion of Earth thousands of years ago when we, well it's kind of a kind of a spoiler because. the theatrical version it's steppenwolf that invades earth and tries to unite the mother boxes in the snyder cut it's dark side and and that's just (laughs) better because you can see him be like a a conqueror just like thanos and the action is just i think it's five minutes of an action scene totally epic in, in scope i think the lore of the dc comics is just presented here like, properly, instead of being hinted at, like, shown for 45, 45 seconds in the other version, in the worst version, the theatrical, supposedly canon version of Justice League, which I just... Blah. Anyway, um, so we have, yeah, that, that scene, that invasion, that flashback scene, it's really cool to see, like, Zeus, the Atlanteans, Amazons, um, man and some other god like we have Ares from Wonder Woman from the Wonder Woman movie. I have a cameo. We have one of the Green Lanterns. I don't know his name um, because I'm, I don't follow DC that much. And that is basically it. It's uh, we have a conversation between Diana and Bruce about recruiting heroes because something is coming. Um, well, yeah, Diana. Diana finds out. Because of the attack um, at um, Themyscira, finds out that uh, Steppenwolf is com- is already here on Earth. Um, so she informs Bruce of what what is happening. Instead of being in the theatrical cut, instead of being a Parademon, is in in Gotham, and Bruce finds out for some reason. So he uses a criminal to to. He makes a criminal afraid, so the Parademon could come because of fear and whatnot. And then he sees like a, I think it was like a, an engraving on a wall with the three mother boxes. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this means something. This me. This looks important. Something is coming. I need Aquaman and for the Flash and Cyber. Like I said, <laughs> in this in the Snyder Cut, there's. There's cause and effect, and there's logic to it. It all makes sense, and that's great. So then we go to part three, called Beloved Mother and Beloved Son, and it's mostly about Cyborg's backstory. We see his relationship with his dad, how it is, why it is, like that. We see his time with his mom before his accident. Um, And it's really sad, it's really tragic. I wasn't expecting, I, I knew he had an accident because he is a cyborg now, but I wasn't aware of the, of the baggage that he had even before the accident regarding his father. So that was really nice to see, was, I don't know why Joss didn't cut it out. And after Ray Fisher, who plays cyborg, um, called him out on social media for his um, professional behaviour on, on set. Uh, now I can see why. I think... I don't know. Maybe he had some... I don't know. Maybe Joss Whedon was a bit biased against Cyborg, Flash, or the actors involved. Either way, I'm just glad that we could see Cyborg's backstory. Because he plays one of the three major roles in the story. I think it's him, Flash, and then... I'll say Batman, Batman and Superman, okay, four major, because Batman puts together a team, or tries to even before he knows what is happening, and Superman, he's Superman, his strength is needed in the final battle, so it is important. Aquaman is really the the one character I'm like, yeah, he did some things to help out, but maybe they would have won without Aquaman, so I would have wanted him to have a... a, um, a more prominent role, like something that he did that was actually pivotal to their 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 victory. And then Wonder Woman, of course, everything she does, like fighting the bad guys, she's really powerful. If she wasn't there, they would be losing so much because of the power and the strength and the, her abilities. And yeah, this part also has... Um, we meet Flash, so we have that Flash and Iris West scene. That was in the trailer for Justice League, the other one, the 2017 version, but not in the movie at all. And I don't know why, because in the scene we actually see who Barry Allen is, like his weirdness, his, his uh, quirkiness, and it's it is still it is funny, but it's not silly funny like we saw in the theatrical version. It's it's more Barry Allen funny, and I think Ezra Miller does a great job at that. I I think one of the worst bits about um from from 2017 version is is that is Flash is just misused. It's, honestly, it's an, an insult to the character and to what Zack Snyder wanted him to be, and and yeah, that's basically it. Part three is basically just cyborg and flash and i'm, I'm really okay with that because we can f- see what is happening in their lives so flash is trying to get a, one more job one more like um um uh, audio part-time job to get enough money to become a criminal investigator like csi so he can help his dad who is in prison because of the murder of his wife which he didn't commit so it's it has a more emotional punch. to 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 see how they progress in the story, what happens at the end with the resolution, it's just better to watch. It's just, and yeah, I don't know why it isn't in the theatrical version. It's what a mistake! Like Warner Brothers, what, what the hell? What the hell were they thinking? Anyway, then part four, it's called Change Machine, and we have that scene with the, the first team up. So Cyborg, Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman, then Aquaman comes in, finally joins the the four, the four of them, and they save the hostages that were being kept from Steppenwolf, uh, that were being kept by Steppenwolf, and the Parademons, they yeah, have that fight. It's kind of the same as it is in the theatrical version, There's a, there's just no stupid stuff regarding the Flash, no stupid jokes about bugs and Falling on top of Wonder Woman. And there's a really cool scene that he does um, where he's saving some hostages and he just uses this super, super speed in just a, a really visually appealing way, let me say that. Um, and, and oh yeah, and the, the thing that also, when I was watching this, that made me realize how illogical <laughs> this, the, the, the theatrical version was. Is the, the fact that Steppenwolf just knew how to find the mother boxes. Um, he just knew whether he would, he would just show up at, at the locations and that was it. But what Zack Snyder wrote, what he created, was an actual reason for Steppenwolf finding, in due time, each mother box. The first one I think the yeah, the first one had a crack on it, so it did it, it, it functioned like a beacon. So Steppenwolf just went in, <laughs> went to that beacon using like a t- teleportation sh- machine or is the ship that was is a bit unclear still, but I, I don't mind. But then he used the parademons to and the, okay, this is the given circumstances. The bo- the boxes, they, they just um, released the scent, and people there were. Um, close to the boxes, like working on them or just close in location, they give off that scent. And the parademons find these people and then they bring them to Steppenwolf. Okay, this is a minor minor spoiler again. And Steppenwolf uses this alien um, tech spider that he has on his armor or something. And it goes onto each of their heads and it kind of projects their... Memory of the Mother Box, so that's how he finds the Atlantean um, box, which he finds in. I think it's in this part actually. I'm a bit, no, yeah, it is. Yeah, it should be at the beginning of of this part or at the end of part three. Now I'm a bit confused. Sorry, it's all a big movie, so. Um, So that makes sense, and it also, again, it made sense why Aquaman. Was came to to the rescue of his fellow Atlanteans who were protecting the mother box, their mother box, because before we had two se- uh, two scenes. Okay, one scene, one, one important scene with Volko, played by Willem Dafoe, which we met first in Aquaman in 2018, and he was he filmed some scenes for the Justice League, but he didn't make it into the theatrical cut some reason again i don't know and he volko says to aquaman that guards have been missing like taken from creatures above so that's why he was like like you should help you should help out like we need you you're the rightful king all that stuff so that's why aquaman try swims travels to the um, the stronghold will where they are uh, guarding them the um, the safekeeping the mother box like that that makes sense. It's not just like oh he was walking was swimming nearby and he heard something happening over there and he went to save the day or try to. Like, no, it there is a reason to it, and it's it was just so easy. It was like a one minute two minute scene with Vulcan, two three minute scene. It set up his own movie in twenty eighteen which we all have already watched. Um and it set up his involvement in the Justice League movie. It's just, it was a simple scene. I don't know why it was taken out. And yeah, so Aquaman come, they, they save the hostages, Steppenwolf flees again, and then the team, the five of them, formulate a plan. That plan is bringing back Superman. But why? In the theatrical version, We didn't know, we just thought, oh, they need Superman because he was strong, and we want him back, and blah, blah, and yeah, yeah, he's strong, and they want him back, but in this movie, because of that prologue, because we know that it was his death that made all of this happen, that made it safe for Steppenwolf to come to Earth and, um, and find the mother boxes, we know that the mother boxes themselves because they're like entities like machines blah blah, blah with some thought process or um, some knowledge inside them, themselves they were afraid of superman which is pretty interesting like a pretty interesting concept these machines were afraid of superman so when when he was gone they started sending the beacon and and then that in this in this way with this logic, it just, like, it is a, 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 a nice, sensical progression to, we need to bring him back, because he's the only one strong enough to stop this, he's really, because, oh yeah, I forgot, uh, but I, I think I was going to mention it either way, but the CGI on Steppenwolf is much better, he is his armor feels much more menacing. He feels more powerful in his in when he's fighting off the Amazons and the Atlanteans and such, much more visceral and brutal. So when Wonder Woman says, "Is really, I haven't seen anyone as strong as Steppenwolf." Well, maybe one Superman. It just makes sense. Like we need someone stronger than Steppenwolf. Even us united as four, as five, we're not really that strong still. So it, all of it makes sense. To bring back Superman, it there is a, like a moral conversation between um, Bruce and Alfred, who who is an actual butler in one scene, which is really funny in this movie. Finally, um, but apart from that, there's really like a consensual idea of yeah, we need him back because the stakes are too high, and they are too, they are too high because we've been knowing about dark side and and the plan is to destroy this world so that dark side can rule over it like he did with thousands hundreds and thousands of, of more planets so it all so yeah it makes sense to bring back superman it's not something like no he's dead like it's it's wrong yeah maybe it's a bit wrong but they really do need it Because the world is is at stake. The universe is at stake. um, Because, okay, this is a major spoiler. On Earth, it exists. The anti-life equation. Like, engraved on the ground of Earth. I don't know a lot about that from the comics. But when I heard, heard it in the movie, I was like, oh my god. Really? Fun. Fun, because what would happen next in Justice League 2 or something like that, with Darkseid as the main villain, not just like an entity in the background that we actually see in this, in this version, but still, um, like really interesting stuff being set up. So that's why it is so important that Steppenwolf wins, so that Darkseid can come and find the Anti-Life Equation, which basically just lets him rule o- overall life um, around the multiverse, something like that. Something really big and interesting. Of course, the planet being Earth is about like really our planet, really. Okay, fine, fine. I'm not I'm not gonna even mention it again. And yeah, so that that was a really important aspect of the film that just would just set up what's to come in the second Justice League movie or other future projects. And the other scene we have, and this is another major spoiler, so just skip ahead like one minute which is another other chapter, because I might um, divide this, this video into chapters, is that we have a scene with Lois Lane, who has been mourning and grieving over the loss of, of Clark. Like she goes to the location where he, his statue is destroyed. She, uh, Martha Kent, Clark's mother, just uh, goes over to her place, they have a chat about moving on, blah blah, blah. so then Martha leaves, and it's revealed it wasn't Martha, it was John Jones, a.k.a. Martian Manhunter. And... Wow. I literally... I I screamed. It, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, <laughs> and the character that... John Jones, Mar- Martian Manhunter... The person that he plays... Is that uh, sergeant major... I forgot forgot the name uh, that we meet in Man of Steel and then again in 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 2016's Batman vs. Superman the actor who plays him Jesus, the name is on in the top of my tongue the the tip of my tongue (laughs) Um, but yeah, I I just know him very well from The Blacklist the the TV show with James Spader like I watched that with my mom so, so I cannot remember his name but yeah and it was just great to see that. I wasn't expecting that. And it's just like a little cameo, it's nothing like huge that's gonna influence the, the rest of the film, but it's still really, really cool. Okay, so part five is called All the King's Horses, and it's basically the part where um, Superman is brought back. They have that little fight with him. Um, it's mostly the same uh, compared to the, to the theatrical version. There's just no... <laughs> again there's no corny lines there's no do you bleed i think you bleed yo uh there's no like lines like like that um we have these little moments of developing the relationships um both between the team members the new team members the justice league and like clark and lois They, they they not now actually that's in, in the beginning of part 6 but yeah we see these moments of clark getting back to reality like um coming coming back to his senses basically and again th- this same th- this part is basically bringing back superman but the thing that that it really stood out for me that was completely left out of the, of the theatrical version was they infiltrated the team the justice league infiltrates star Labs so they can go to um superman's ship and all the wreckage and do the the thing that they do in the theatrical version but we are sh- we sh- we see we are shown the infiltration and we see we have this moment with between Victor and his dad Silas where where it's just like a little payoff to re- to their relationship. Like um, Silas doesn't need to know what's going on to know that his son is doing something good, so he clears out the space so that Justice League could bring Superman back. And in the theatrical version, you're you're just like, huh? They just now they're in the in the Kryptonian wreckage, the Kry- Kryptonian ship. Okay, out of nowhere, and we knew. Even in 2017, that that was inside Star Labs, but they just went in like that, just like that. But here, thankfully, we have an explanation. They have a little infiltration. We see them chat. Like Aquaman has a nice moment with with um uh, Dian- Diana <coughs> with Wonder Woman. It's not it's not a, like a moment of truth with the lasso. It's they're 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 talking about how their people fought for ages for millennia and now they how they haven't spoken or allied since then and they just have this little nice moment of they need to the, the two of them need to unite even if the, their peoples don't and we are left to think like if earth if these great warriors were united would they have been able to stop Steppenwolf and the coming invasion without the help the help of these heroes the justice League it's a nice thought like it's a bit provoking to think um earth has completely gone into uh social chaos there's no alliances worth um like um having for, for when something that this huge happens so so, yeah, I think that's also one of the reasons why Bruce Wayne and Diana want to have a team of members of unique abilities, um, super people. And then we go to part six, it's called Something Darker. And like I said, we have that so- sequence at the, the Kent farm with Clark coming back to himself, chatting with Lois, with his mom. But this this is the final part. The final bit of the story, so it's Justice League against Steppenwolf and his parademons. The action, the whole sequence is just better filmed, better written. There is There are no people around because the place where Steppenwolf uh, built his base, his stronghold, um, was a toxic location, much like, like Chernobyl, you know? Um so no people live around that area, so there's no one there's no family for flash to to like uh save while just push pushing your cart and Superman to lift a whole building of people, which is just crazy and stupid uh no there's just fighting fighting fighting, and i'm okay with that uh it made sense how like like I said like it being a toxic area a cont- contaminated area or what it was because Steppenwolf like uses the the um, the radiation to build his his stronghold, something like that. I don't know. It doesn't really have a lot of important importance to it. But so okay, this is the big spoiler. This I kinda of, kinda of is. So to defeat Steppenwolf, the plan is to have Cyborg link with the three mother boxes. Um oh yeah, so in part f- 5, yeah, uh, right after they bring back um, Superman and they, fi- and they fight him for a bit, Steppenwolf, because of the, the mother box that they used, the cyborgs mother box, the third one, emits radiation when it's used, and it was used to bring back Superman, it's like a beacon, so Steppenwolf came to to the beacon and he grabbed the, the, the mother box, but before then, this was a really nice sad moment Silas Stone Cyborg's dad decided to charge the mother box like superheat the mother box so that they could follow the that um, signature the heat signature and then find out where it was and so again it makes sense like for people to know where to go and where something is it makes sense and he died at the end uh, because of the of that charging up, of heating up. He died, it was evaporated and it was really sad. So so now that the Steppenwolf has the three boxes, he unites them, like they, they unify, I think it's called the unity when they do that. But it needs time to synchronize, to fully be the three boxes united and just destroy the planet. And before that happens, Cyborg would link up to them and then he would need a supercharge, like an electrical charge to go inside that event, that phenomenon, and tear it apart from the inside. To do that, like I said, he needs an electrical charge, something that only the Flash can do, so he has to like run really quickly around the, 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 the area to charge up his electrical power, and then he would run towards Cyborg and um, charge him up so he could um, go into the Unity and just stop it from happening. What happens is, and this was, okay, this was a bit... So while Flash is is running, yeah, he he obviously gets really tired and he cannot hold it that long longer, and Cyborg is fighting off, and Cyborg, Aquaman, and, and Wonder Woman are fighting off Steppenwolf, trying to lead him away from Cyborg while he's doing his thing. Batman is outside fighting parademons who are trying to hit the flash uh, trying to shoot at him and one parademon, even though the flash is super quick. Okay, I know he's running in circles, so he's passing the same location lots of times, but still. Okay, one parademon shoots at one of the... Okay, now, yeah, now it makes sense because, yeah, he like basically all the time he would be in this location, in this location, and thousands of locations. Okay, then. okay, then I just. Counter argumented with myself. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he shoots the flash, so the flash stops running, stops charging up, and you're like, oh my god, oh no. And even though Superman comes to the rescue and fights Steppenwolf, like he, he prevents Steppenwolf from killing, from uh, stopping Cyborg from doing what he was doing, even though that happens, and it's so cool, so badass, like Superman just. Destroying, like beating up Steppenwolf. Oh, and by the way, Superman is in his black suit, um, which is really cool to see. Um, so with the Flash just lost his speed, he lost his charges, wounded, and then the the, the boxes unite, and they become like this really white, bright uh, box, and it explodes. And as it explodes, blows like that's that's that was going to be the destruction of the whole planet the flash realizes what's happening and so he he stops he starts running uh, at the um at the light of the, the speed of light something like that and he runs back in time like just seconds before then and we have that cool this cool sequence of him like, like literally as he steps as he gives one more step the um, the pavement that was below forms again reforms so each step is another form like little pavement area so he then he runs back in time to charge cyborgs cyborg however he's able to take out the boxes they they have this little like internal moment internal conflict like emotional stake with him with the boxes. Tell, well, the mother box is telling him, Oh, you could have your pa- parents again, your family, blah, blah, blah your life back. And he's like, I'm not broken um, and I'm not alone. So that's really like, that was, that's the thing that I was missing in the theatrical version. Like there was no emotional payoff to the characters. You could not feel a connection to them. And in this you could like, Victor is dealing with being a cyborg and with having lost his mother having lost himself, his whole life, his whole future, and now he's like this kind of monster um, in his mind. So when he says that, it's really powerful, it's really beautiful. And that that's how you do a character arc. That's how you do it. It's not like my, my undermining other people. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. And he, with the help of Superman, he just removed the boxes, and then they, in R-rated fashion... They kill Steppenwolf. Uh, Diana cuts his head off. It goes flying through the portal where you could see Darkseid and the Sod, which is this like type of counselor to Darkseid. I don't know a lot about that from the comics, to be honest. Um and Darkseid just watching and Steppenwolf and his head just go through the portal and Darkseid just crushes Steppenwolf's head so badass. And um, Yeah, sorry about the the light. I don't have a lot of, it's not a good YouTube setup. Uh, This is literally just low profile video, guys. I think you know that um, by now. And yeah, that's, that was it. That's the end, the part six ends with their victory. And then we have the epilogue. And the epilogue shows some resolution with Cyborg, Flash, Batman and Superman, It's hinted that Lois is pregnant. It's not really clear, but it's hinted that, that is happening because Bruce says congratulations to, to, um, to, to Superman. And I just realized how, how, um, how do you say, like how quickly, no, how short of a time jump there is from Batman V Superman to Justice League. Like, I didn't really see that in 2017. I didn't know how long it had passed. Maybe it was mentioned, but I just completely forgot about that. And it's really nice. Like, oh, yeah, well, that was like weeks ago. Was it? Like weeks? A month? I don't know. So, yeah, it's not a long time. And then we have basically three different moments uh, of an epilogue three, four. So we see Lex Luthor escape from Arkham. Like there's another person in his ca- in his cell. So then we see Lex Luthor on a boat and he meets Deathstroke. That was a post scene in the Justice League movie, but they played it really corny, cringy. They were like, oh, they have a league of their own. We should have one as well. Here it's just like, you want Batman? Well, you should know his name is Bruce Wayne. And Deathstroke's like, ooh, really cool. I think it that would be that would have been a setup for the Batman movie because Deathstroke was um supposedly going to be the villain of that with the main villain or one of the villains of that one with uh, Ben Affleck not with the Robert Pattinson one coming next year. Um so that was fine. And then we have the um, the apocalyptic future reality where we have Batman Mira not Aquaman, Mira, because Aquaman is dead or has died or something like that. Cyborg, Future Flash, like really Future Flash, the one that we see in the in the in the flashback in the um, like dreamlike sequence in Batman v Superman. That's like a payoff to this. This is a payoff to that. Deathstroke with the mohawk, and Joker. Jared Leto's Joker. We saw him in the trailer. There's no. Society, blah, blah, blah. there's no line like that. Like we live in society, uh, there's no line like that. Maybe Snyder realized, uh, yeah, that was a bit too much. I'm just gonna put it in the trailer just to set up because every line, every little dialogue between uh, Joker and Batman in this movie, in, in this epilogue bit, is is there, There's something to it. There's a deep some details to it. They mention okay, this is. Total spoilers, guys, so just skip to the, the next chapter if you want. He mentions um, Jason Todd, Boy Wonder dying, supposedly, because of Batman sending a, ro- a Robin to do a man's job, to do his, what he was supposed to do. Okay, I'm going to go back to that. So there we have this little back and forth between Batman and Joker, like Joker just... Pushing Batman and Batman being like, you don't want to do that. I will kill you one day. That was really like, whoa, whoa, damn. That was cool. And there's this... And the Joker lines are... It's still kind of not really badly written or badly acted. I don't know. I think think Jared Leto's Joker was really... um, a wasted opportunity. It's kind of I think it's kind of tainted, his image, the image of the Joker, and then we have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker with his own thing, and it's just so much better. I mean, wow. So maybe we have that comparison to make. So Jared Leto's Joker is really bad, but um, I don't know the light dialogue itself. The dialogue, like the premise of the dialogue, is was really interesting. With oh, Batman doesn't have anything to love. Well, he did once, J- the Joker says, but he lost them. um But some lines, sometimes they're just like whoa. It's just that that's just li- really lazy writing, <laughs> as Deadpool says. And then some laughs are just like mm, the laugh is still a bit like eh, too much, maybe a bit too much. And uh, so, what happens? Is that what? What I wanted to get at it was that um, Joker says, "Why did you send a boy wonder?" And then he he changes his voice and says, "To do a man's job." And I'm like, is this is this Joker Jason Todd? And does Batman know that? Because why would he change his voice? Hmm. Honestly. It, it was something hmm, I think it, that was I think that was a theory around there around the internet that maybe this Joker was Jason Todd it was really young, really different he had the J and like why would Joker put a J on himself and that J kind of looked like the J the J from Joker on Jason Todd and I was t- and started wondering what if there was a Joker before this one, maybe it was, Joaquin Phoenix, and maybe it was another Joker. I don't know. I, I don't really. That doesn't really matter. But Jason Todd was so inflicted, was so like, destroyed by this uh, event, this interaction with the, the previous Joker, that he he himself became the Joker, another one, another one. Um, I don't know that, that line. Like, you literally changed his voice. I th- I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm. Imagining things, but he literally he was like, why did you send? boy wonder to do a man's job? <laughs> I think my god it's, it's really annoying because supposedly the, the Snyder cut is not canon the the, the 2017 version is It just really annoys me. Please start the a- hashtag canonize the Snyder Cut make it a thing, make it happen. Even if it takes another three and a half years, just make it happen. And, and yeah, then it, that scene, like Superman appears in that future imperfect, something like that, um, reality, and he'll, he's, he is pissed off because what is into that is that Lois Lane died. And my theory would be she, she would have died. I don't know by who, um. And she would have been pregnant still, so that that's why Superman is so out of himself, why he is fighting Batman and the, the the heroes. And then Bruce Wayne wakes up. That was kind of a dream. I don't think it was a dream. Some people are saying it's it's just a dream or some like a a, um, a nightmare. Really, I think that was just. I think when the Flash came back. In that again dreamlike sequence in Batman versus Superman, that. The way that it works with the, the coming back, um, going back in time, the electrical, the speed force, blah, blah blah, it kind of messed with Bruce Wayne's mind. So he is actually seeing that pre- he has this premonitions of the future, this vision of the future, and that's going to happen. Maybe that would be the the plot line of of Justice League Two, the second movie, the sequel. I think so. I'm not sure. I don't think we'll. I don't know if we'll ever see that. Unfortunately, with Zack Snyder just wanting to move on, let's see if that. Still lit, but yeah, Bruce Wayne wakes up, gets out of bed, and then somebody, a caped person, comes by, and it's Martian Manhunter again. And I don't, I don't even remember what he said because it wasn't really something that important. It was something like, "Oh, I've been, I've been in, um, anonymous, like doing nothing, just watching for a long time, but I think I need to step up." And he was like, and Bruce was like, "Okay, I don't know who you are, but cool." It'd be like, oh, some people call me Martian Manhunter. Okay. My name is John Jones, but some people call me Martian Manhunter. Okay, that's fine. We already knew that. We already saw you before. It would have been either more interesting if we just just saw the scene with him or just the other scene where he impersonates Martha Kent. Both scenes, I'm like, okay, that doesn't really set up any project, really. We had setups for just mm-hmm. League 2, the Batman movie, Bat, that Bat-Flag Batman movie. Aquaman, which we already had, and Flash, because there's this, when he's going back in time to prevent the, the unity, he says, make your own future, and then he says, make your own past, which could be a set of what he's about to do, or the way that he says it, it makes me wonder if if we would have the live action movie version of him going back in time to save his mom, thus getting a fight with the Reverse Flash, blah, blah. blah. To do the flashpoint um, storyline for, for the movie, like we see in the in the TV series, in the CW TV series. So I was thinking maybe that was the initial moment where he was like, hmm, "What if I do go back in time to save my mom?" I believe I don't know um, because again, it's interesting. How does he? How did he know that he sometimes he could go back in time? Maybe that already happened. I don't know I don't know it was really interesting though and yeah that that, that was an epilogue epilogue basically just setting up multiple future projects that may or may not happen now and yeah um, that was it that, that's that's the whole movie and now for some just general again thoughts comparing it again to um, Joss Whedon uh, I'm just gonna go yeah, I'm just going to go through my list. I just made a list. Um, so basically, <laughs> in this movie, we have cause and effect. Like I said, we have something happens for a reason because something else happened before. In the theatrical version, there's just this unnatural motion of events. Out of nowhere, Batman fights the Parademon. Out of nowhere, Seven Wolf reaches this place. Aquaman reaches that place. It just It just happens doesn't make any sense. And logic, for me, logic is a big deal in movies. If, the, if, if I sense a big lack of logic in any movie, I'm like, hmm, damn, this to be good, but you've just ruined it. And it happened a bit in Wonder Woman 1984, if you haven't seen that, if you haven't heard that um, review that I did, it's on the channel, it's on my podcast as well. So yeah, the other thing is, in this movie, everyone is heroic while in the theatrical version like i said the flash specifically is really undermined he's played for jokes i don't know why he did that why the we didn't do that it's really insulting to, to the flash to the character and the fans the, um the other thing that <laughs> that we didn't the we didn't cut did did was just it was a cliche this the movie was a cliche blockbuster there was no real like sense of like this is a great story. This is a great vision. Um, but the Snyder card is it just has this epic scope, like the the flashback sequence to to the, the Dark Side invasion. My God, it felt like Lord of the Rings, like one of those types of battles, and and yeah, in, in the Whedon. It just felt like a superhero movie, like a normal one, like a, not even no no, not even a decent one. It was just really just bad, in my opinion, in in most people's opinions, and yeah, and the thing, the, the 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 big difference for me at least is that in this movie we have character arcs for most of our characters, and in the Whedon movie, it's just goofy joke after goofy joke, doesn't. It doesn't put a smile on my face, <laughs> and it's really cringy. Oh my god, to hear this these jokes about um, do you bleed or the thing with Aquaman and the Lasso of Truth and Flash. And, oh my god, it's just unbearable to watch. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not ever gonna watch that again. And yeah, with with this movie, there's a lot of backstory, specifically for Cyborg. Um, And even Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf is not a great villain, but in the Snyder Cut, he does have more of a a backstory, of a motivation, like what happened with him and Darkseid. There's more to it. While everything related to Cyborg and Steppenwolf was trimmed for the theatrical version. And that's really bad. It's really stupid. Um, Yeah. Again... Another comparison that it's easy to make. There is tonal consistency in the Snyder Cut, and in the twenty seventeen version, everything is just loud, and bright, and too colorful, too red. The final battle, the skies are red. It doesn't make sense even. And in, in the Snyder Cut, the skies are like bluish, uh, dark, like normal stuff. Um, the other thing. Another thing is we have high stakes in this one, and uh, the, the theatrical version is just usual bad guy final plan there's yeah, yes, he has still the mother bosses, yes, he wants to build the unity, but I didn't really understand why or what was gonna happen after that. It was just usual stuff um <laughs> the other thing is, oh my God, the other thing is. There was an effective st- style of storytelling in this, in a sense that, like it's again tapping into the the the, the, the cause and effect. Like we are shown one scene because it will have an impact on another scene, or it just um, develops the character interactions, the the character arcs, what they do, what they are, how, what they believe in what they will do in in, in in the movie to earn that victory. While in in the Joss Sweden movie, there's just this generic editing that just trimmed and cut and removed and added things for laughs for the for for, for action's sake, and the action wasn't really that good. The CGI is also really not really bad, especially for, for Steppenwolf. And and yeah, even though, even though I wouldn't call the Snyder Cut a perfect execution of a superhero film, it's near perfect. Like, you could see his vision uh, for this. Um, he had a clear vision, and I'm really glad he finally got to make it. And I'm really sad that he wasn't able to make it back in, back in 2017, because that movie <laughs> is corporate trash. I'm sorry, it's corporate trash with a blurry moustache. A little rhyme for you, okay? That's what it is. That's what it was and I'm trying to forget it. (laughs) I'm trying to forget everything about it because it doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't really make me... I I can't even... I can't even finish the thought. Just thinking about it hurts my brain. (laughs) It hurts my brain and yeah, that's... I think just to finish this comparison that I started again in the beginning of the, of, the, of, the, of the video this was a movie this was a movie and the theatrical version was a product to make money for Warner Brothers and that deeply deeply upset fans so thank god for everyone that typed in hashtag release the Cut. all the fans all the actors Snyder himself that fought for this to happen because it's it's really good it's a really good movie um, I think bec- mostly because of the comparison that I just make that everyone is making but still it's 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 decent it's a decent good movie with a vision and a clear epic scope, and there's logic to it. There was not one moment where I'm like, "That doesn't make any, 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 any sense." There were some bits that were like, eh, "That thing, that detail, it doesn't really." Mm. Like Diana falling, like um, falling to to the to a ground where she's ex- sca- um, exploring this cave, and she has like stilettos or something, and they don't break when she falls. Like you just showed me, a, you, you're gonna show me a scene where. When the Flash is running and he has his sneakers on, they get totally destroyed because of his super speed. But when Diana falls, like I don't know how, how many meters feet, she doesn't break his her stilettos. Okay, that's just like nitpicking the thing. Um, everything, everything that that um, that was added to the Snyder Cut, and I'm using quotes because it was already there. They just that those these additions were removals for the the the, the twenty seventeen Justice League, and it just boggles my mind, like the, the fact that we have Darkseid as a prominent background character, awesome. The fact that we have we see Cyborg's story, we understand his his role, which is pivotal, pivotal, awesome. The Flash is not re- written as a joke. Awesome. Uh, Steppenwolf Wolf is is um. His CGI is much better. Um, and his goal is much clearer. The death of Superman actually means something. And his rebirth brings no corny lines with it. There's no rebirth of the corny lines, thank God. The future Flash uh, cameo in Batman vs Superman is paid off. It, it would be a setup for, for something that happened, that happened. Oh, again, uh, I didn't mention this, but... The Jared Leto's Joker also is upgraded in this movie. He doesn't have all the tattoos, and blah blah blah, and the jewelry. He has the normal long green hair and a a white um, face, and his uh, his lipstick lipstick or like his smile and um, not really a red bright. It was I think it was even kind of like darkish, dark red. I don't know, but it was better to see to, to see, like visually more appealing than what we saw in Suicide Squad. Um, we also got I forgot to mention this, we also got Ryan Choi, who many casual fans won't know who he, who he is, but through the comic people, they will know he is or he's going to be the Atom, which is basically kind of like the Ant Man of the of the of the D C. There is a character who is also the Atom, played by Ooh, um who is Ray Palmer in the Arrowverse? I think in the comics he's also the um, the Atom, so there's more there's more than one person that is the Atom. It's like Captain America, you know. Um it's also cool to, to mention the anti-life equation if it wasn't even if it wasn't like a prominent thing. It would be in the in the sequel if there ever is one, if there ever was one. Um it's nice that we have time to explore each plot line, each character, each bit of lore that Snyder wanted to put in there because he loves DC, he loves this franchise, he loves these characters and stories that they have already um, written out in, the, in almost a century of, 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 of comics, and yeah, you just, you just feel more connected to each character, Spe- specifically more, to, more connected with uh, Victor and Barry. Than you were in in, in the twenty seventeen version because yeah those characters were just like kind of tertiary characters in that movie and they played massive roles at the at the end game of this film it's just crazy and yeah I think even even setting up the movie that we already watched like Aquaman um, in in the the, the theatrical version. You just saw Aquaman for the first time, and we were like, okay, now we're gonna, have, we're gonna watch a movie with him. Uh, of course, it's already been said, and he was already in this movie, so we're gonna have a movie with him. And of course, yeah, that, would, that happened, but in the Snyder Cut, it's explained that he has this rivalry with this, the Atlanteans because of his mother, who left him. So he, he actually sets up the story for the Aquaman movie. And it sets up a lot of other future movies that you just probably not going to see because all things are in DC and they're like redoing it with the Batman, the Pattinson, uh movie. I think we'll have to wait and see what what they do. I'm really excited now to know more about the DCU, more news, more stuff, more projects than I was before watching this movie. So that that's really like a great thing that happened at least personally, to me, regarding this franchise. Okay, just for some really quick closing thoughts, because this, this video, this episode is going to be too long, of course you have the chapters, if you want to skip anything, I'll, I'll try and to edit the, that the best I can, so you can just hear what I have to say on each section that you want to listen to or something, or watch. Um, like I said, it's, it, this is a completely different movie, completely new vibe. Uh, it, this is Zack Snyder's baby. And the 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 action is much better. the 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 screenplay, the script is much better. The it's truly epic in scope and in building that in developing the DC Extended Universe. The stakes are high as mm, they're really high. They're huge, and everything is just fleshed out and not rushed like it was in the in the original one. And there's even a line that the flesh says and it seems kind of be uh making a joke about the, the the 2017 version he says we actually finally have a plan which feels like yeah y- yeah you do four years ago you didn't there was no nothing there wasn't really nothing um if i had to say some minor like nitpicking that I already mentioned, again, there were too many slow motion scenes, the first 30 minutes you have like four lines, there's not a lot of dialogue to move the story forward, like when you get to part 3, 4, when there's more action or more um, dialogue scene between characters, character development, it gets more exciting. The first two parts are really kind of slowish, but I get it, it's the... It's kind of the first act of a movie, it sets up what's, what's going to come, but still, because it is a four hour long movie, and that's like another like um, thing that I have to mention, it's just too long, if they cut, if they made the, some of the slow motion bits, non-slow motion, I think the movie would go to like three hours and a half, and that's not really long, it could have been released in, in theaters if the world wasn't like it is right now. And again, I'm nitpicking, I think I mentioned this, but there was a singing moment that was just a bit too long, just a bit too long, Um, kind of weird, um, it was like an homage or like a, to, to Aquaman, kind of meaning that he, yeah, he is a god to them, he is a savior to those people, but still, like, I think we got that from the dialogue scene from the first bit, with, when Bruce Wayne goes into to the bar to chat with Arthur. Um so we don't we don't need one minute of someone singing to the leaving Aquaman. Anyway, that is basically it guys. I really enjoy this movie. If I had to rate it um I would give a give it seven point five out of ten. It's a solid movie. I think it is better Having consideration, it, it becomes better when you have in consideration all the stuff, all the baggage that it, it has, with the with the not not only the the fact that the studio interfered in the first one, not only the fact that Joss Whedon interfered in the in the in the first one, but all this like all the time that we spent wanting this movie, wanting his vision, like Zack Snyder's vision, and himself, the way that you wanted it to finally be out there. I think it just makes it a little bit better. And for all the reasons that I said, like all the compliments that I gave the the movie, I'm not trying to um, lick (laughs) the the movie's bottom, licking, yeah, I'm not trying to do that, it's really a nice movie, I think that it's made better when you know, when you know what, when you know the history of it, um, and yeah, if there, were, if there is an alternate universe where we, we never got Whedon's version and we got this one, my god. We probably would have had twice as many DC movies since then. Because we had like one per year, kind of. One, one and a half per year. That is it, guys. We have reached the end of the episode this video, if you're watching on YouTube, and I'm really sorry for the time, <laughs> the, from, from, for the time duration of this episode, I'm trying something different, not going off a script, just chatting, putting it all out there, making it up as I go, and this is, English is not my first language, so it's kind of hard to like keep up with my, with the translating inside of my brain, and this movie, like, it is four hours long. So I needed to talk about it at least for one hour and I ended up talking almost one hour and a half. So I'm really sorry for that. But if you enjoyed, I'm really glad. Um, And yeah, just leave a comment on YouTube or just send me a message on social media talking about the movie, giving me some feedback. I I would really appreciate that. And with that said, this has been just one more opinion. I have been Charlie and you have been...